Expounded Universe, the wrap-up episode. We're going to talk about what we thought about Star Trek and X-Men, and then we're going to stop talking after we answer some questions. I did this off the cuff of my mind. That's a thing. Bye! A person who would stick his dick through a hole in a shower wall has no honor. That's what I do. I press the button that says cloak. Such is my distaste for Cyclops. Anyone sees you fucking this statue, they know you want to fuck. And welcome to the Expounded Universe wrap-up episode. It's the end of the Star Trek V X-Men Planet X Dawn of Justice. That's <laughs> not really V X-Men. They're not verses. Uh, yeah, V doesn't even stand for verses, so it's okay. Yeah. It's v- the VX Men. VS. It's the visual effects men. <laughs> VS stands for verses. I don't know what V is. Also verses. Oh, that's, there's two different ways you can write it. That's dumb. V period or why, VS why period. Why do we have that? You know what? I'm going to say it's VR period. And oh, that, they're, they're VR Rangers. The, the, that also stands for verses? Nah. <laughs> I'm going to go whichever way Zack Snyder did not. <laughs> uh, I think he put a VS. Yeah. When I came upon a fork in the road. I checked which way Zack Snyder went. And I went the other way. And I went the other way, because I didn't want to see a Zack Snyder movie. Eh. What if he's down there telling people how Sucker Punch was important? (laughs) What if he's down there making everything all blue and gray? (laughs) Fitting more Christ imagery into this. (laughs) Uh. Well, as we often do, when we finish up a book here on Expounded Universe, we like to take a single episode to clear our heads. Take a little time to rest evaluate what we just read, and prepare to move on to the next thing. You know how I often say the word prepare like that? Yeah, I, that's a, I know. That's, that's a regular thing I do. Yeah, mm-hmm. I understand. No, mm-hmm. I get it. It's it's part of your accent and culture. Uh-huh. That's mm-hmm. right. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I would never make fun of you for ever saying anything different. No, of course. Yeah. Uh, it's just not the way you prepare yourself. <laughs> I I do understand you were raised by Walkins in the woods. I was, yes, I come wild from a, Walkins. I come from a long line of Walkins and cages, <laughs> and we have uh, we have prepare. some. Interesting... <laughs> I was prepared for. Uh, I can't. Even, now I'm worse at it when I'm actually trying to do the accent. Yeah, I should true. just let it slide in there. <laughs> yeah, you should. Hey, now watch out. Oof. Okay, that's the sound it would make. Uh, so let's do. That's enough Zoo Crew stuff. <laughs> so we're ending out the year. Our last one for the year is also ending out our <laughs> X Men Star Trek detour from Star Tours. So we will star tours star tours <laughs> what are you doing here we finished up the star tours <laughs> we got the one where we flew through the ice asteroid uh, that's all of them is it oh i i thought there was okay there's one where you go down to the the uh, uh, forest moon of endor surface and ride around for a while plus there's at least two that i've never been on because they've added new ones well they did add new ones Anyone who tells me that there is one before they added the whole like new trilogy things where you can go to other places mm-hmm. That they were like, oh, no, sometimes you go down to Endor. I'm like, you're a liar. I've been on Star Tours so many times, and it's always the ice asteroid. No, there, there were two. Uh, the first time I ever did it, it was the the Endor thing. And my parents, who are... I think this is a Berenstain Bears thing. I, okay, well, first of all, I'm one of the people who was fully aware that it was always the Berenstain Bears. Yeah, well, that's the universe you come from. <laughs> the universe freak. where people can spell and pay attention to the things they read. <laughs> Well, that's obviously not the dimension you come from. Yes, it is. <laughs> I may not have any memory, and I may not be able to talk, but I can read, goddammit. 
Perfect for a podcasting career. Exactly. Uh, no, but my parents are like Disney fanatics. They go at least once a week. They have like lifetime passes. So, or whatever you can, I don't know if lifetime passes are a real thing. They have whatever you can buy that you're allowed Your passes. to. Yeah, they have really good stuff. Uh, they have the, a version with no blackout dates and all this other nonsense. Yeah, they have the super annual yeah, pass. They go constantly and they have gone on all of the possible ride variations of Star Tours because they know that when you get to the end of the line, you can say, hey, I want to do this one to the person, the attendant, and they will move you over to a different line. <laughs> Apparently, that's also true now of the, uh, at the, what do they call that? The, that station, the ba- Batu or whatever they're calling it, the, the Star Wars land. Yeah, the Galaxy's Edge. Galaxy's Edge. There's the Ride the Falcon ride, where there are four seats in the ride, and there are four different positions. Uh You can be the pilot or the engineer, that kind of thing. And if you come as a couple, they always try to force you into the engineer seats, because there's two of them. Uh And my parents got pissed at it, because they went on the ride like four times, and they never got to do the flying part. Uh The other thing is that they constantly try to put a kid in the pilot seat, because kids are, you know, the point of star. You know. uh, My parents... Would, would fit right in with those people who were always yelling about crotch fruit, except that they have three kids. <laughs> and they hate them. Well, they certainly aren't taking me to Disneyland. <laughs> uh, anyway, this detour has gotten very long. Yeah, this star tour has gotten very long. <laughs> I'm so sick of all these star tours. Oh, <laughs> uh, They wouldn't let me ride on the neck of the Millennium Falcon. Yes, I would like the part of the ride where I clutch its feathers. So. Uh, I believe you'll find I have the titular role. <laughs> Uh, as I was saying, we end out the year. We are done with our weird non-Star Wars stuff. Yeah, we're going to dive back into the safe haven of sweet Star Wars right after this. And That's then right. John will have to come up with an even weirder book before I'll let him take us off the reservation again. Oh, yeah. I got, I'm going to find something. Just you wait. Just uh, It's got to be a combo like that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to find some dumb crossover nonsense, yeah. and it's going to be amazing you bring me a full novelization of the supernatural meets scooby-doo episode and we'll, we're talking <laughs> <clears throat> i bet you there's a buffy one there's got to be a buffy meets somebody oh i'm sure yeah buffy meets the three stooges <laughs> i would love that i would also love that that would be great because she'd just be like oh my god the three stooges i'm very pleased to meet you and they would be like i don't know who you are <laughs> This universe terrifies us. <laughs> Everything about this is terrifying. Did you know there are vampires here? Why are you talking into that magic black rectangle? <laughs> <sighs> Your money looks weird. We're just actors. <laughs> uh, all right. So, final thoughts for you about this book oh thing. I, was, I was hoping you were, i thought you were just asking me for my final thoughts in general final thoughts we're done <laughs> podcast <laughs> over never doing it again i wish i hadn't thrown so many frisbees onto my house that's my final thought mm-hmm. as the light dies in my eyes the final thing i think is i wish i had thrown so many frisbees on top <laughs> of my house i hope i can get to ask a lot of questions about how much i pooped <laughs> Hey, how much did I poop? A lot. A lot. Move it. <laughs> no, hold on. What size building did all my poops fill? Like if I were to just take them all and put them in one building. A uh, stinky one. Get out. <laughs> A big stinky building. Ooh, interesting. Ooh. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so so yeah, final thoughts on, on this book. This book sucked. I didn't like this. Not, I mean, I like a lot of these characters, and there were certain elements of it that were funny just because it was poorly written or whatever, but... 
the general feeling I got from this book is when are we going to get to the fireworks factory? And then wait, did we forget to go to the fireworks factory? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we had mentioned this during recording on various episodes, but this is so reminiscent of the star Wars books that we have read Mm -hmm. that I'm like, man, it's a real shame to be like, Oh, we're going to do something else. Oh, it has the exact same structure of let's do nothing for most of this book. And then they're like, now let's fight for two chapters. We're done. At least the Star Trek books fight at the end is interesting. This one was kind of just, oh, Troy noticed that uh, Colossus is definitely very persecuted by racism throughout his life because he is a mutant. Also, I guess he's strong or something. Anyway, what's up with Data? Data's a robot. Yeah, I do think they could have done so much more because you have access to all these mutants and the only one we get is Storm. Like, Storm mm-hmm. has an actual fight, and that's great. But otherwise, it's like, what happens? Uh, Nightcrawler jumps Data into a room and is immediately knocked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colossus, uh, he throws a thing. Shadowcat is also there. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shadowcat's about as useful as she's ever been in any given Marvel video game. Uh, uh, but <laughs> I was kind of hoping for at least an from Colossus, but never got one. No, no, never. It, it was just disappointing. Like they introduce so here's the thing about this book that that's going to last with me the longest. They introduce so much stuff and so many ideas and things in this book that go nowhere. Hmm. Where they're like, oh, by the way. Meanwhile, at the castle they keep all these transformed, uh, locked up in, there's one member of the transformed who's completely insane and has to be kept caged at all times. He's got crazy... He's like a Pokemon, and all he can say is his name now. (laughs) Yeah. And he's got, like, frog fire powers or something, and it's like... Wow, that guy's going to be interesting. I can't wait till they have to like fight him because of an emergency. Yeah, like he breaks out, or he ends up like saving the day when he breaks out and does something. Yeah, he like has the cool sloth from Goonies ending, you know. Yeah, (laughs) but no, super bad. Instead, it's just oh, we met him, and he he certainly does have powers and is crazy. Let's never return. (laughs) Yeah, that's basically what happens with that, and the same thing with the dude who ran the castle they were storing the transformed in osin i want to say his name was he was described as like a, a, a hard warden but ultimately very fair and very willing to work with his people and, and like a good person who was having conflicted emotions and thoughts about yeah what he was wanted going to on. take care of them but also he was like i understand what my orders are but i i'm trying to do the best i can for you mm-hmm. and then after that chapter where they escape the prison we just never see him again yeah yeah, well, I mean, we needed more time to check in on, I don't know, what conversation Archangel was having in 10 Forward. <laughs> so, so yeah, ultimately, and I mean, even with the X-Men and the Star Trek people, the same thing kind of happened, where they were like, here's seven X-Men, and they're going to have an adventure together, and we only need like four of them. Yeah, it was especially bad on the Enterprise itself when they were going around, and you get to the point where they're finally going, oh, we're going to like do some stuff now and you realize oh colossus and shadow cat have literally done nothing this entire time yep at least everyone else had a bit with somebody well yeah because most of them were like okay well who can we pair wolverine with well wolverine and Worf is an obvious pairing let's just go with that and picard i guess we'll have him talk to the leader of this group of x-men so that the, yeah, we'll the leaders talk to each other a, a leader leader thing and we'll have uh We'll have the hot-headed and, and troubled Archangel talk for a little bit with, with Crusher and Troy, and 
and and so on. It, it all kind of lined up, but then they were like, "Ah, eh, who's who's Colossus going to talk to on this ship? It's not like they've got a a Russian guy." <laughs> it's a real shame that I feel like he should have talked to Data. Yeah, hey, I am also a metal man. Ah, but he could be like. I am known for loving Russian poetry. And then Data could be like, I have several databanks worth of Russian poetry. Let me recite all this Pushkin to you or whatever. And then they could get along or something. Yeah. And Shadowcat could, I don't know. Well, yeah, like we were saying, the the uh, the one thing that was left behind by the fact that Shadowcat never got mentioned was the only ma- member of the Enterprise crew who never got paired off with anybody, which was Riker. Yeah. So we were like, there's a problem brewing in the background. <laughs> That's what Shadowcat and Colossus were up to, is Colossus just holding Riker at arm's length. <laughs> Yet, on our Earth, we have a thing called Statute of Limitations. Oh, no, wait, no, that's not it. Uh, Age of Consent. We also have the other one. I mean, also, yes. No. Uh, my English, not so good. I was raised in forest by Walkins. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm sad, because... I mean, I do remember reading this as a kid, but I guess this is my time to have your experience of, oh, I read this as a kid and thought it was okay, and then read it again and was like, oof, <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> I want to talk about ways we could improve it, but I'm pretty sure that's going to be one of the questions that's... I mean, I'm sure probably. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, do you have any other final thoughts about this one? Uh, I mean, that was pretty much it. Just the fact that even a thing that is so removed from what we've been reading still ends up having the same structure. I got to wonder. It's very weird. That like, is this just what bad sci-fi does? Like all bad sci-fi well, just has this? Maybe not bad sci-fi, but maybe bad licensed genre sci-fi. Uh, that's true. That might be a big part of it, is that licensed sci-fi can only play so much with the universe that it's, it's allowed to play around oh, in. Oh, yeah. Because it's it, not like they're going to be like, oh, yeah, I killed off Riker. You can't do that. I'm sorry. Yeah. So it, it, it could be that Writing licensed sci-fi like this is kind of like bowling with those bumpers in, uh, where you just can't do that much, and ultimately the ball's going to go down. It doesn't matter it's, what it's, you do. It's, it's going it, the same it, it's place. It's going to go down that straight line. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I, I was I was also kind of taken aback by that. By the way, John, did you know that one of the factors uh, or the facets of this episode, uh, if listeners are curious, and we do this with every one of these wrap-ups, at the end, we will announce the next book that's right yeah. you'll have something to look forward to mm-hmm. next year yeah it'll, oh that's right because we're taking a, a, a uh, episode off so january is going to bring season nine indeed and uh we are not prepared to announce that yet but soon soon my friend so soon stay tuned and soon mm-hmm. all right uh do you want to get to the uh the questions we got then yeah sure uh i believe you have them pulled up yeah yeah, so and I'm pretty I, knowing the questions that I've seen, I'm pretty sure that we'll be able to keep this rolling for quite some time. So I am not worried about time. I am comfortable. I am calm, and I'm anxiously awaring, uh, awaiting my uh, Panera uh, Postmates order. <laughs> Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, we will start with Twitter. We only got one on Twitter since we asked everyone to do Discord, but Costatine uh, P asks us. If you were able to rewrite Planet X, which mutant Star Trek lineup would you have chosen? Oh, interesting. Okay. And hard mode is you have to use year-appropriate mutants, and god mode is you have to also cast the movie adaptation. Okay, well, first of all, what do we mean by year-appropriate if we want to go I mean, like, you have to do the mutants that are around during TNG if you do TNG. Yeah, but it's not TNG. It's like 
six or seven years after TNG uh, because it's it's set after. Uh, it, I looked it up. This book takes no, place. This is what mutant Star Trek lineup. You can do any mutant Star Trek, like a Planet X that is. It's which mutant slash Star Trek lineup would you have chosen? Oh, no, no, I know, I know. Um, so we could do TOS and... Oh, okay, I thought you were saying replace the mutants that were in this book, because we thought a lot of the choices were kind of uninspired and boring, with different mutants that were appropriate to the era, which I would have guessed would have been around 97. I mean, you can do that, because yeah. you could pick TNG as your Star Trek lineup, but it's both. Okay, that's fair. All right, um... Well, that's going to change my answer to my opinion quite a bit. Yeah, one of the things I was looking up when I was prepping for this episode was what year did this specifically take place, like in terms of the Star Trek timeline. And Voyager is still in the middle of going on. This happens during about season five of Voyager. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, I don't know. Let's 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 think this out. Do we have because we're going to get a lot more questions that are like this, like, oh, what, what would you put on DS9 or what would you put on TOS? I mean, the thing is, I'm going to go ahead and say. If I could do something, I would love to do just a real weird one. Like, give me, uh, like, the New Mutants and Enterprise. Okay. Uh, so, Enterprise is a tough choice, first of all, because you have to deal... Enterprise was a crap show, and no one liked anyone on it. I know. Not that Dr. Phlox, not that Captain Jonathan Archer, no one. See, and that's why I would want to do something where it's... you trying like to... Either re- Generation X or New Mutants. I want it to be, like, the teenagers that show up. Because I want them to just cause havoc. You know, just for fun. And I, also Havoc would be there. Oh. <laughs> so the New Mutants and Havoc. Or also Havoc. He's probably on that, been on that team at one point or another. They, I mean, I don't know. He's shuffled on, the X-Men around so he's fucking been on much. X-Force? X-Factor? Yeah. And current X-Force has like Shadowcat and Iceman and stuff on it. So those those team names just, team names just change whenever it's convenient. Yeah. Um, but I, w- I, would, I would think the old... Generation X would be a really fun one mm. to just have show up there because a lot of the things with Star Trek pretty much TOS and on timeline of Star Trek wise is they already have seen aliens and you're like, well, I've got wings that I don't care. Mm-hmm. But if you go to the Enterprise timeline, they're like, what the shit? All, I, all I've seen so far is Vulcans. That's true. And that's just us it, with pointy ears. It would freak people out a lot more. Yeah, uh, Skin shows up and he's like, hey, I'm going to reach my fingers out yeah. to your face. Even in, in Enterprise, even the Klingons were just like tan dudes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I would definitely dig on that. Mm-hmm. That would be fun. Yeah. I can see that. Uh, I'm going to go with a battle royale taking place on Empok Nor, uh, which is, you'll, as you'll know, as a, as a classic fan of Deep Space Nine lore in general, you'll know that Deep Space Nine is Terok Nor. Indeed. And Empok Nor is the, the, for some reason, extra Deep Space Nine. The other that's, D- that's DS9 just, we got. That's just empty and nearby and still is all turned on and has oxygen and everything. Uh, between a that that squad of uh, Ferengi hit assassins that was assembled in that one episode, <laughs> and the second run of X Factor, uh, and I'm talking about the uh, who's on that team? It's Polaris. I think it's Havoc again. Oh, Havoc. Uh, so it's 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 Havoc, Polaris, Multiple Man, Strong Guy, and Wolf Spain. Yeah. Uh, versus that Ferengi hit squad, uh, which I'm gonna I, I assume we're gonna have to beef up a little bit. Because as it stands, pretty much only one of them was like a combat guy. He was the dude with like the throwing knives. The knife guy. What I would do is I would take a few of those, like your your Inquisitor Brunt or whatever, and be like, all right, now you're actually pretty good with that Ferengi energy whip that was only in that one TNG episode. Let's bring that fucking thing back. Uh, 
And then it's just like these guys are fighting over who gets to have this station because the the uh, the X Factor guys have teleported here by mistake, and they're like, "Well, this is a perfectly good base until we get our way home." And then here come these Ferengi. We're like, "Yeah, it's our station." Also, we're gonna take you for profit or something. Also, uh, uh, rule of acquisition seventy five says I get all the mutants. <laughs> yep. Uh, so that, that's that. Did you want to do the hard and God mode versions of this? Do you want to? Wanna... I mean, not really. Yeah, because I mean, that's era appropriate for me in terms of like being around 1996, 1997 and the X Factor. But it would just be like, who do I cast in the 90s as Polaris and Havoc and stuff? I mean, the interesting thing is if we do year appropriate to who's on the X-Men versus the year it's on TV, mm-hmm. doing Discovery with the current lineup of X-Men would be ridiculous because you'd have things like oh here's apocalypse and magneto and an xavier walking around with cerebro permanently on his head <laughs> on discovery and just be like what the balls I, was, I don't think there was any star trek in production in 2000 when the first x-men movie came out if there was it was it was enterprise in which case we did to be like you know ian mckellen finally gets his chance to meet uh scott bacula after all these years after all these years yeah i don't know maybe they have met who knows scott bacula gets around he gets work he gets around he gets work done mm-hmm. uh i think i'd cast in the 90s i think i'd cast winona Ryder as wolfsbane yeah the problem i have whenever i think about like oh who would i cast for a generation x thing mm-hmm. is i'm like i don't know young actors especially young actors in the 90s is, uh, you're gonna run into that problem uh i might go with a julia roberts polaris I could see that, especially yeah, around that era, like Runaway Bride era, Julia Roberts as Polaris. Uh, strong guy hardly matters. No, that's mostly CG. Yeah. Uh, Ed Norton from Multiple Man, just because I want to see him get punched. <laughs> 90s Ed Norton. Yeah, like Death to Smoochie. Uh, yeah, sure. That's fine. And Havoc, I don't know. Who cares? Who, who gives a <laughs> shit? He's Havoc. It's Havoc. Uh, I'm going to go with... Glenn Danzig. <laughs> Obviously. Famously Glenn Danzig. Famous mm-hmm. Glenn Danzig. Mm-hmm. Famous also, Dave's Glenn Danzig. Also featuring Tom Selleck as Forge. All right. Sure. Yeah. Why not? He's got a mustache. <laughs> he has That's a the, mustache. It's the only response required. I'll also accept Tom Skerritt. <laughs> any Tom, really. Any Tom. Tom. Also take any kind of William. William or, Hurt would be a perfectly I'll fine Forge. I'll take any Tom, Dick, or Stanley. Now, I'm sure this is all very wrong for me to be saying all these white dudes because Forge is like a Native American guy. Yeah. But what am I, there's like, what, three or four famous Native American actors, and I don't know who they were in the 90s. <laughs> uh, right. Iron Eyes Cody. Fine. One. We're going to move on to the Discord ones, then. So, Bird Type Glitch says, due to the ineffable whims of some kind of omnipotent child monster that's really a child or a dog or something, you're required to do the first Star Trek TNG official alternate universe. The only main change is the main crew consists exclusively of characters from the X-Men franchise, and you know in advance that you're going to have to somehow squeeze seven seasons and some number of movies out of this. Who do you cast? Okay, so what we're doing is we're saying that... The, Instead of a crossover, it's the X-Men are the Star Trek. I mean, so is it cheating to just say that Xavier is Picard? Because, I mean... I mean, obviously. I feel like that's kind of an obvious thing to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can just one-to-one map be like, what's it? Uh, Xavier's the captain, Cyclops is the first mate. You- oh, wait, hang on. Can we put Corsair as the first mate from the Star, from the Star Jammers? No, because he's not from X-Men. He's an X-Man's dad. I don't care. He's multiple X-Man's dad. <laughs> He's multiple man's X-Man dad. <laughs> the real X-Man's dad is alcoholism. <laughs> 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 
References. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, that's too easy then. That's just that's just going down the list in terms of rank. I want kind of a one-to-one parallel. Cyclops, I guess, is an okay second in command. But is there someone who could be better as sort of the dashing dude who gets that seat? Well, I mean, Who's closer to Riker? Well, it depends on if you're trying to specifically do a TNG well, that's, AU. That's what, let's I mean, say TNG alternate universe. No. Oh, well, fine. Ah. <laughs> I mean, I would love to see them make Cyclops into a kind of schmoozy Lothario. <laughs> I kind of actually wouldn't hate that. I mean, you, what if it was just Frakes with the, with the eye glow? Because the great on. thing is, at that point, you still get the same love triangle from the show where Troy is Jean Grey, mm-hmm. and then Worf is Wolverine, and Riker is Cyclops, and oh. you still have that triangle. Yeah, you're right. That exact same love triangle could exist. You'd have to you'd have to either decide that Cyclops is a little schmoozy, schmoozy and Lothario-ish now, or make him even more uptight than usual. Oh, no. I want to loosen that boy's necktie. That's fine, because otherwise he's like the uptight XO, and I'm not. I I don't really like that genre. No, I got enough of that out of tie on Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Also, uh, Tasha Yar is Dazzler. Yeah, Tasha Yar is Dazzler. She gets written off in the first season. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> uh, Jordy LaForge is Forge. probably Shadowcat. <laughs> Fro- probably Jordy the Forge. <laughs> Jordy is Forge. Is his full name. <laughs> We'll have uh, Data's Warlock. Uh, he's just a robot. <laughs> just another different robot. I'm a different robot. <laughs> uh, I'm, fully fo- <laughs> I'm fully versed in six million forms of taking you over. <laughs> I take up background panels whenever people don't feel like drawing the sky. And yellow and black. And black Here and we yellow, go. Black and yellow. <laughs> uh, the Mutant Liberation Front scared of me, but these hoes ain't. <laughs> these hoes ain't. <laughs> Uh, all right. Next up, you are writing DS9 X-Men. Any X-Men, who cares what era? Uh, who do you pick two? And we've got three things. One, who sleazes with Quark? Mm-hmm. Uh, two, who flirts with, seduces, is seduced by Bashir, Garrick, or Dax, or all of the above? <laughs> well, I think it's those three. Uh, and three... Uh, who has a dramatic shouting scene with Cisco? Hmm, interesting. Okay. Um, well, let's see. Who are the sleaziest X Men? Is it Gambit? <sighs> I mean, it's probably Gambit. <laughs> in terms of who's going to hang out in Quark's bar, I feel like it's Gambit, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, if Quark's like, "I've got an idea for a money scheme," Gambit's going to be like, "Yeah, I'm in." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I might ask Cyclops to help me with this. Oh, it not him, it Gambit. <laughs> <laughs> it just leans in from the side. I think you mean me, model me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gambit, or like I don't know, a morph. There's only a couple of X Men that are like, yeah, I'll take, I'll take some side action. I'll do a, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's up? Give me some of that side money. <laughs> I want that hustle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, plus, if he's going to be assembling a team for the job, he's going to want Rogue on that squad. Uh-huh. I mean, her name's Rogue. She'll be, she'll fit right in. <laughs> so, uh, except I don't know if she'd put up with Quark all that much. Oh, dude! Imagine the scene where he asks her, he, where she like tries to get on the crew, and he's like, "Yeah, but obviously, because the, I can still get away with this kind of bullshit in the late '90s, you're going to have to rub my ears or whatever." And she's like, "Okay," <laughs> and then <laughs> just, all of a sudden, she's super unconscious. <laughs> she's got huge. She's like, stupidity. "Oh no! Now I know all the rules of acquisition. <laughs> oh. I have all the powers of a quark, <laughs> <laughs> and all the weaknesses too." <laughs> 
Okay, uh, love scene with Garrick or Bashir or Dax. Which, yes. Which Dax? Uh, I mean, I got, I would say probably Jadzia. Cause, uh, okay, fair. You uh, know, but, the, uh, the other Dax is bad. <laughs> Esri Dax is fine. She's just stuck on the bad part of the show. <laughs> okay, uh, the thing is, Jadzia Dax, for my money, is practically worse than Esri Dax. Because Jadzia was got no interesting storylines ever until it's they very finally, sad until they finally married her off with Worf. and when they did the only storyline she started getting was i am also a big dude like every <laughs> one of her episodes was just like what's going on with you do you want to go and play uh like this game with me and she's like no i want to muscle punch wrestlers okay i get it you've got that's your only trait fine muscle punch <laughs> yeah uh so who falls in love with garrick and or bashir and or jadzia dax okay uh I feel like Jadzia Dax and Maggot could have an interesting relationship and conversation. I think that... They get along over one specific thing. I think it would be great to have a Bashir Iceman. Ooh, Bashir Iceman! Yeah. Now, Bashir famously was the Lothario of the early seasons of that show. Oh, I know. But it was definitely because he was insecure about himself. Yeah. Uh, as he developed more security and, and felt secure in, on the ship in his truth about being a genetically modified person, uh, maybe that could also be a chance for him to blossom in you know the way that we all kind of figured he would eventually. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then Garrick gets real jealous. Ooh, okay, now you're also making Garrick, who has been married and has children, uh, a, a... Very uh, jealous. Okay, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I do appreciate his kind of older bachelor tailor shop life. So. Oh, the two of them were just on the verge of getting it on the whole time. There's got to be some episode where they sit back to back. I mean, give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> They sit uh, back to back, and the nice man's just also there. Hey, look, you got, got an extra back for me, guys? Yeah. How about the holy triangle of backs? The devil's triangle <laughs> of backs. We'll make the beast with no backs. <laughs> the beast with back to back to backs. <laughs> yeah, I'm into that. And uh, shouting match with Cisco. Who's who is self righteous enough of the X Men that they would get into a shouting match with Cisco? Cyclops. I mean. It's the one you'd go to, but I'm trying to think of something else. Like, who would have a a real angry speech thing? Uh, maybe Cable would get super pissed at him. He'd be like, he'd be like, all your profit shit's gonna kill the future. <laughs> the future. Oh, Bishop. This and, is the future. Bishop could do the same thing, basically. <laughs> your profit shit's gonna kill the future. We're 300 years after your weird timeline already. Oh, oh shoot. Oh, boo. <laughs> well, then can I get this M off my face? No. No, you have to keep that. Keith, it's the only way anyone knows who you are. <laughs> even even when we go to a timeline where that never happened and you're just Bishop, you still have it because fuck it. Yeah. Also, what's your superpower? It's a uh, plasma control. What? Oh, I can uh, absorb energy and then shoot it back out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. yeah that's Bishop. It doesn't come up very often, does it? His, oh, it usually does. his power is gun haver. I mean, he has a big gun. Yeah. But then it's like, oh, someone shoots me with a laser gun and he's like, ha ha, dumbass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Who else do we think would be good at shouting at, at uh, Cisco? Like, I'm really going head-to-head with him. I mean... Beast, I maybe? I feel like a good yelling match would be... Like, I think I think Storm could do a good one. Maybe, maybe Wolverine? Eh, a little bit Wolverine? I mean, I don't think he would be in a shouting match. I think he would just be like, Bub! <laughs> You and me, bub, we're going to throw hands. <laughs> Meet me in the squared circle. 
Xavier never hit me. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, next question. Which X-Man character other than Nightcrawler would make the best Pope? Ooh, interesting. I mean, given the Nightcrawler has, like, been the Pope, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's the point. Yeah. Uh, alternatively, which Star Trek character would make the best post-enlightened, organized, traditional, patriarchal figurehead? <laughs> uh, what? There's there's no Pope in the future. Oh, yeah. There's, wait, uh, is there really no Pope in the future? There's no... Cause, yeah. like. There's no religion in the future. I thought there were still everybody had religions and stuff. Like, they just, like, there's certainly, well, okay, maybe I'm just confused because of all the Bajorans and their stupid Vedics and what have you. Hell yeah. Yeah. In that that case, it would just be one of them. I'll just pick any random one of Kira Nerys' crappy, floppy-haired boyfriends. (laughs) (laughs) I can never tell those dudes apart. She just goes through a list of guys who look like they're on B-level romance novel covers. It's so true. She really has a type. It's real bad. <laughs> Her type is like soap opera guys with 90s British movie haircuts. It's uh, it's a shame. Yeah. You hate to see that yeah. happen. No, of anyone on that show who should have been gay. Oh, yeah. 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 The, the most yes. <laughs> the most yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, so what, what the question was, who besides Nightcrawler out of the Best X-Men pope. would make a good pope? Uh, well, it depends. If I wanted to be really good Pope, like actually like, you know, good for papal doctrine and kind of the Vatican's influence on the world and so on, I'd probably go with like Beast because of his just unrelenting friendliness. Just so and just, friendly. And just good common sense in general. Like that's, but that's just any world figurehead. I'd be like, oh, let's make it Beast. He'll, 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 he'll serve out the number of years he's supposed to and not mess anything up really. <laughs> he just won't screw it up. Yeah. Uh, I'll go with Lockheed. The fucking <laughs> the dragon. dragon. <laughs> Not even really an X-Man. More of an X-Man's pet. Yeah. And normally Just, the real X-Man's pet is alcoholism. But I mean, come on. I want you to right now imagine a tiny little dragon with a big Pope hat on and tell me that's not adorable. <laughs> I can't. I can't tell you that's not adorable. <laughs> Uh, it's like saying my answer is Baby Yoda. You're just like, yeah, of course, that's cute. Okay, yeah, fine. My answer is Wolfsbane, but she no, no, uh, feral, but she's appearing in that back half of the meme where she's like a cat in front of a plate of broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> also, there's a Pope hat there. That's <laughs> just like cardinals pointing and yelling. Just, it's just rogue and storm and cardinal outfits pointing and yelling at her, and she's just like, ah. Uh. I mean, uh, that meme already exists, and it's Cyclops and Jean Grey yelling at a tiny Wolverine. Uh, how would you fix Quentin Quire, aside from changing his stupid fucking hair? That's a given. I feel like that's really the big thing about Quentin. I mean, here's the thing about Quentin Quire. For a long time, he was an X-Man where I didn't know what the fuck he is. Like, I didn't know. His power is what? He's also a telepath? He's kind of yeah, he's like, he's super psychic. Yeah, he's, but he's basically just another Professor X. Pretty much. Except he's a little piece of shit. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, he only has two, three characteristics. He has an ugly-ass quiff of a haircut. Uh, I mean, the big thing for me is just just leave him as a villain, because mm-hmm. he's very good at making you hate him. He's a very good Joffrey-type character. Yeah, no, that's like, fine. You do a very good job of making me go like, ooh, you. Yeah, that Kid Omega shit doesn't fly. He should just be calling himself Quentin Quire and being a dick, dickhead. Yeah, because as soon as he's like, I'm part of the good guys, but I'm like, no, you're not. You're an asshole. Get out of here. Plus, they always seem to give him those little tiny sunglasses that, for some reason, people in comic books think make folks look cool. 
Like, you remember those on during the death and return of Superman? They gave him to Superboy, and they made him look like an absolute asshole. Oh, you mean uh, when they give everyone those uh, little tiny John Len- Lennon glasses? Yeah, little John Lennon sunglasses. Sometimes they change the formula a little bit, like when they did on like Spider Jerusalem or what have you. But it always, always looks real bad. Yeah. No well, one looks good in those dumb glasses. You look like an asshole. Yeah. Quentin Quire looks like an asshole in those stupid things. Yeah, the way you fix him is just keep him as a villain, and then it's fine. Yeah, put him in a business suit, too. Oh, None no. Of, yeah, no, business suit, Quentin Quire, way better than whatever the fuck punk outfit they usually put him in. Either that or, like... I, I wouldn't mind seeing Quentin Quire dressed as like a straight up British schoolboy, like as a villain. <laughs> oh, I'm just imagining him in that like ACDC short, short shorts. shorts yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fine, fucking give him a guitar too. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. What's your favorite Star Trek episode from any series, and how could it be improved by the sudden arrival of the X Men? So we're doing any single episode of any... Any series. Any series. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you have a favorite episode of all time? The, I'm going to go ahead and say I, I do, mm-hmm. but it actually comes up in another question. <laughs> like, that specific episode is referenced in another question. Oh. Uh, okay. Well, um, how do you want to handle this, then? Oh, I'll go to that question after this, and then I'll answer it. So okay. give me yours, and then I'll go to the other question. Uh, my favorite episode of any Star Trek is going to have to be the There Are Four Lights TNG episode with... Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's a classic. Golomek, and I think that's Golomek. And uh, it's he's played by David Warner, who's an actor I absolutely love. Uh, the other one, uh, this is going to sound dumb because it's an Enterprise episode and Enterprise is a bad show, but there's a single episode, and I've talked about it before, where Archer's chief engineer like fucks with some species that that's visiting the ship as like delegates, and he's like, hey, your gender orientation pro- system doesn't make any fucking sense. How come you have like this random subservient third gender person? They should be free, too. And the, the third gender person's like, I should be free. And then the delegates are like, you've just ruined our civilization, you dumb fucking idiot. And then Archer's like, yeah, you dumb fucking idiot. And I was like, oh, thank God. One episode where it's not just, oh, humans are right. <laughs> oh, we have the right of everything. Yeah. If you're if you're out there in space and you're not human, you probably have a dumb culture. But don't worry, we'll come along and make your culture great. We're humans. <laughs> We're humans. Yeah. Try and be more like us. But I, that's one of my favorites because it kind of is a a staunch rejection to the general message of what Star Trek episodes are, which is everyone in the galaxy learning that humans are rad. Mm. Uh, but the Four Lights episode is very well acted and it's a really interesting premise. Okay, yeah, so that's that's my favorite. Uh, and I guess it would be improved if Golemek was just Mister Sinister. <laughs> I mean, so many things are improved if it's just Mr. Sinister. If Mr. Sinister had a love, have a loving relationship with uh, Garrick, that'd be great. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you in advance. I want to go like, back to back with this guy, but like he's got these big feathery metal things that keep getting in my face. <laughs> it's like leaning myself up against a stack of vertical blinds. Blah. Okay, so mine is season seven episode 19 of tng a gene virus devolved the crew into various nonsensical <laughs> animals a, uh, spider barclay that's a good episode i fucking love that episode <laughs> and like the cat turns into a lizard it makes no sense oh my favorite part is when data evaluates picard is like yes sir you are definitely turning into a golden marmoset what how what <laughs> humans aren't evolved from marmosets humans aren't evolved from spiders what is happening here <laughs> that's why i love it i love it so much because they're like we don't need to make sense it's fucking ridiculous it might as well be an episode of harry potter the next generation <laughs> 
Now, assuming the virus affected the X gene instead, what powers would the main cast and Barclay develop? Well, Barclay obviously becomes Spider-Man. Well, Spider-Man's not a mutant. He was bitten by a radioactive spider. Yeah, well, he becomes a radioactive spider, bites himself. (laughs) That's an origin story. Now that's an origin story. (laughs) He fell to earth in a radioactive spider that was biting him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He was adopted by parents who were immediately slain in Crime Alley by spiders. (laughs) Yeah, the, uh, I mean, if we're talking about the powers they get, then, you know, Troy gets cool aquatic powers. Okay, so you're going to... I mean, Worf just gets stronger and can spit venom. Mm -hmm. Okay. Could Worf also have extra arms, do we think? Can we give him four arms? No. Because here's the thing about Worf. He has two hearts and two spines. It comes up in one of the episodes of of, uh, TNG that he's just got, like, redundant everything. Yeah. Because there's an episode where... You know how they use with Worf, where they just beat him up constantly to prove that things are strong? Uh There's an episode where they're like, how come he didn't fucking die? And they're like, oh, yeah, uh, I don't know, Vulcans have two hearts and three lungs and an extra spine and blah, blah, blah. You said Vulcans. Yeah, I did. Vulcans also have all those things? Vulcans Don't question me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They're packed full of organs. That makes them more human. Of all the creep beatings I've ever known, he was the most human. Because he had the most organs. (laughs) Said Kirk. Because of all the organs that Spock had. (laughs) Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Picard would develop heightened senses. Ooh, because of the whole paranoia thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, let's see. I would I would want Riker to get something. That, oh, he, Riker basically just gets the what women want power. He straight up just gets that right out of out of uh, who who was that in that movie? Uh, the, what's his face? Uh, the the Mad Max guy. Yeah, Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. There we go. He he basically gets that exact power. He can hear the hear can hear thoughts, but only women. He could already kind of do it because he could sort of telepathically communicate with Troy, but now it's all women all the time. Yeah. And it ruins him because he realizes exactly how much of a slime ball he's been his whole life. <laughs> I know it's not exactly a mutant power. I think he got that from like being struck by lightning or something. Yeah. But uh but yeah, that's what he well, gets. That's fine. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. Oh, and Jordy gets laser feet. Uh now famously, Jordy, laser feet. <laughs> <sighs> or right. can walk through walls, which makes it even easier for for him to intrude on people's private holodeck sessions. Jesus Christ, Jordy, show some respect. Ninety <laughs> uh, percent of the crew uses those holodeck times for jacking it. Given that both Star Trek and X-Men are famous for at least trying to tackle issues of social justice, how do you think this crossover fares when it tries its hand at it? <laughs> well, let's see. What social job? It's pretty much just racism against people who are different from us. Yes, is the only real thing. I, I guess you could maybe make a play for eugenics or bad because of the Dracon experimentation on the Jaldian people. Except that's not at it's all not- what is a message of anything. <laughs> Listen, if you're a giant fat race of guild dragon men, don't perform eugenics on random purple people or whatever Jaldian. But it's look not like. eugenics. It's just we put a virus in the air. Yeah, to control their future progenies to, uh, towards an aim of their choice. That's eugenics. Yeah, but it didn't control it. It's just some of them will have a whatever. <laughs> eugenics would be selective breeding. I mean, I guess that's... Yeah, all right. Well, okay. So it's just sort of... It has the exact same message as any random X-Men comic does, is the thing. Oh, yeah. It's just... 
oh, you shouldn't hate what you don't understand. And, and it, it makes just because they're different yeah. doesn't mean they're bad. And it makes even less sense in this context than it does in X Men. X Men always runs into this problem where they're like. Oh, there's a whole bunch of anti-mutant people, and they hate mutants, and blah blah blah. But they love Spider-Man, and you're like, but what's the fucking functional difference between Spider-Man and Shatterstar? Like, they can both jump up walls and shit, and they have like, it's like, what are we doing here? And it's like, oh, well, one's a mutant. Yeah, but that's not. It's not like you have to wear a patch. <laughs> what, what are you talking? Uh, well, and the problem exists because X-Men really shouldn't be a part of the larger context of the Marvel continuity. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, and they found ways to make it work over the years. Uh, but but that's it, it, they run into that problem constantly. And here on Star Tre- in Star Trek, it's like, oh wow, I'm weird, and I can shoot lasers or something. It's like, yeah, we live in a big galaxy. Don't worry about it. I mean, at least with this on Jaldia, they're like, oh, they don't really like go out. They barely had contact with the Federation. That's true. Got me so there. It's, it's a very insular type planet which is i think the only way that this works yeah because if you had that on earth they'd be like oh neat (laughs) yeah so uh, i don't know i just felt like it was exactly the same sort of boring ham-fisted as any given x-men thing and also because like we talked about this book feels so truncated at the end it's just like and now we're on your side say the townsfolk yeah i mean given that we had that whole thing where they were like a group of them that were just like, get them out of here. They went that way. Fuck these guys. And then never resolved because this book didn't care about resolving things. It's like, whoops, <laughs> I wrote too much. Book over. Uh, anyway, so they're back on Enterprise, and you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, hello, everybody. Impassioned speech about acceptance. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. Which of the X-Men suffers the most from the wharf effect? Oh, the, uh, which X-Men gets beat up the most to prove that X-Men are strong? I mean, traditionally, my answer for this question is the Martian Manhunter, who is not an X-Man, I know, don't worry, don't worry about it, because they always do that for him. He has so many different weaknesses, just so they can be like, ah, I'll use well, psychic... he has so many different powers. Yes, yeah, because he'll be like, I'll check psychic residues in this area. Oh, God, my head. Oh, no. I should not have done that. I'll be out until the end of the fight. <laughs> Uh, the X-Men, though, it's, it's a different story. You need, to, you need a specific X-Men who's always getting beat up to activate the other X-Men. Well, I mean, more than anything, it's to show that a specific threat is powerful. Colossus, probably. I mean... Because he's just big and strong, and he, he he's always getting thrown into buildings and shit to just sort of prove a point. Yeah, I mean, you basically get two, which is Wolverine or Colossus, because it's the two that can take it. Yeah, Wolverine Either because less they aren't going to get hurt or they regenerate from it. Wolverine less so because he's a main character in most of these books, and so he has to be like, I'm just going to get back up and keep fighting. But uh, Colossus can get knocked unconscious, and it usually won't hurt the story too bad. No. Also, actually, Professor X is a really good choice for that, because he is constantly getting knocked out by psychic waves or interference or something. Yeah. And I mean, I'd say if we were... Gene is also right. I was going to say, if we're talking about the cartoon, it's Gene constantly. <laughs> Gene. Oh, oh, God. She's constantly getting knocked unconscious. Yeah. Uh, Scott. <laughs> uh, I was not prepared. What supers Archie RPG and power most clo- closely represent cannon foot? <laughs> 
which supers RPG power system can help? Because Cannon Foot, again, I forget this was a bonus content thing. So, this Hey, w- if you wanted to check out the bonus content that we're referencing right now, patreon.com slash system mastery. Support us at the $2 level, and you too can find out the glories of Cannon Foot. Who apparently is Wolverine-alike, even though he has no Wolverine powers. But you can find out who he is. I, I don't know. Who, uh, what, what RPG? You know, there's... There's a whole power set in Heroes Unlimited for throwing stuff super fast, specifically for just that, just for throwing stuff super fast. Uh, and his method of throwing is just a gimmick, so I think that would probably work pretty well. Yeah, I mean, that or any of the freeform skin a thing, where you're just like, what is this? It does a, a damage, all right? I'm saying it's because I kick a ball at No, you. I know, but I was trying to do it without reskinning, because that's a more interesting, otherwise it's just, I'll, I'll, Cannon Foot is not a very interesting mutant. His power is I can damage people by kicking a metal ball at them. I mean, there's not much to him beyond that. Uh, all right. So we had uh, some questions come in on email, but at least that one also came in on the Discord. So we'll get to that. Uh, as someone who has not experienced anything X-Men outside of the movies, what iconic comic characters and storylines am I missing out on? And if you're talking specifically X-Men well, storylines... Yeah, he's saying, what X-Men are, am I missing out on by having only seen the movies? And obviously it's Gambit, who's only been in one of the movies, and it was a crappy little single one-off appearance. Uh, Gambit is... He, he deserves more than he's gotten. He's in... Does X- he, though? He's in X-Men Origins Wolverine. That's and He's only in X-Men Origins Wolverine. Yeah, I know. But does he deserve more, though? Are we saying? Do you, are you not a Gambit fan? Oh, I love Gambit. Gambit I'm just, I'm Gambit's just being a dick. <laughs> Gambit's uh, he actually has some interesting stories you can go and read about because the whole thing with Gambit is that he's kind of you know like the bad boy of the X Men. He's like, well, yeah, oh, he I, has I'm an a, entire history of like, what did you? Oh, I was a bad person. I was a professional thief. I lived like in New even Orleans. past that, I like sold out mutants to Mr. Sinister before I was an X-Man. Like, yeah. I was just a piece of shit. And they do a lot of really interesting pairings with Gambit in, in his books, where they like pair him with... with you, usually they pair him with someone who's a lot more disciplined in military style. Like, there's a whole bunch of Gambit Bishop stuff that, that I thought was kind of fascinating. Yeah, uh, I mean, you, obviously with that, I would say the actual Days of Future Past storyline instead of the movie one yeah, which is an really, interesting thing to check out. It might as well have been called a Wolverine movie. No, because the Days of Future Past movie was uh, not almost anything like the actual storyline. And I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just saying it was not the storyline. It's another episode movie that wastes characters that could have been interesting. I mean, as far as I know, that's the only one that they've made yet where Shadowcat is named and given abilities beyond just showing up in the, in, right before the credits roll. Oh, no. She uh, was more prominent in three was it Ellen Page again? Yeah. Okay. I did not remember that she was even present in three. Oh, no, that's right. Yeah, she was. She was in three. Uh, Last Stand is far and away the worst. The second worst Well, X-Men movie. X-Men movie. I'm not counting Wolverine as an X-Men movie. It's a Wolverine movie. Oh, I count the whole thing as a single franchise. I mean, it's, they both have Hugh Jackman playing the same character. In Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Um, it was, but it was wasting a lot of characters. That movie had like Blink in it, who was who I'm a huge fan of, and you'd you'd be hard pressed to remember that she was in there. It had Bishop. It had uh, uh, let's see who I can't even remember who else. I think it was. Had, was it Sunspot? I think was one of the other ones. Yeah, and then yeah, but but and they gave Shadowcat weird brain powers, which was like yeah, what she's are you like, doing? oh, I know, I'll just phase his mind into the past, and you're like the. 
fuck did you just say? Yeah. So uh, I don't know, but but yeah, the actual days of days of future pa- uh, past storyline is super interesting. Also, I haven't read it myself, but I have been consistently told that the current X Men run has gotten fascinating because they've basically been like, all right, the X Men and all the bad guy X Men and every every mutant in the Let's world. Let's just take mutants and do whatever we want. Yeah, we'll just give them a place where they're safe from humans and let them all just start developing. Like, what happens ultra- if we let all mutant powers get together and do whatever? Yeah, and they, they just they're not fighting each other; they're just building a big society, and it's like rad. No, what no they live in a society. Now. Yeah, they. Oh no, <laughs> uh, I am very intelligent. <laughs> so, also the same question, but with Star Trek, because he's only seen the like Jabrams movies. Uh, DS Nine. Watch DS Nine. It's it's a good series, and you know, I mean, you don't need to watch all of DS Nine. Well, here's the thing: the problem with with outside of and uh, of the new show outside of discovery all of these shows are from an era when it was okay for shows to have premises instead of plots yeah uh, when i by which i mean overarching plots uh it was it was okay to be like oh it, it, today's episode has nothing to do with next week's and nothing to do with last week's yeah but you know the characters you know their opinions and so it was on. just it's, very episodic it's episodic uh DS9 is the one that goes the farthest in the other direction, where it actually does have kind of a plot and an end point and so on. You'd want to say it's Voyager, but Voyager has so many episodes that are just like, Captain, there's an interesting nebula. Great, set a course. Great. You know, we're we're still trying to get home. Ah, I don't give a fuck. Ah, who gives a shit if it's 70 years and 70 years, or 70 years and three days? <laughs> who, who could possibly care? Mm-hmm. I'll be dead. <laughs> Maybe one of my kids can take over. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I... <sighs> I don't know if I'm super alone in this, because I've heard a lot of people have some bad things to say about Discovery, but I fucking love Discovery. I haven't tried it yet. I've, I've been mean, because CBS All Access has been kind of a wall to me, but I am I am aware that people do enjoy it. Basically, I got the CBS All Access because I wanted to check out the new uh, Twilight Zone. Ah, okay. But I was like, while I'm here, I'll yeah, check out enough. Discovery. It wasn't like the main reason I went in there, but after I finished watching it, I was like, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, I look forward to season three now. Yeah. And also, I would strongly advise that you just skip the Orville. Um, it has some interesting premises to it, and they do some some of the standard old Star Trek plots like you'd like. the kind. But of it ex- isn't Star Trek. Yeah. But, well, I know. But it, it really is. It's like, hey, what if there was TNG again? It's basically the premise of it. But unfortunately, it's what if there was TNG again? And also, Seth MacFarlane told a lot of jokes about farting in college. <laughs> Uh, I have not watched any of the Orville. It's better than you'd expect, but worse than you'd hope. All right. That sounds like uh, a decent Star Trek. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, Third question was, having recently re-listened to the season one Shadows of the Empire episodes, I found myself wondering, do you think it's possible that Shizor was always meant to be read as an incompetent idiot with delusions of grandeur? By the end, it seems likely that he was merely a puppet figurehead while Guri was the true leader of the Black Sun, although that was basically just us projecting. That was a lot of projection on our part. Guri gets very, very little to do. The one time Guri has any agency and actually acts on the agency, she just gets in a fight with Luke Skywalker to see what happens. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, pretty much the problem with it is so much of the stuff that we mentioned about, like, Oh, uh, like, Guri's probably in charge. Mm-hmm. All of this is just to keep his ass distracted and to be a target in case anybody wanted to take him out. Yeah. That she would still be in charge. But that is a generous side reading from us. If it was that, if that was the reading, then the book fooled everybody. Because there's Shizor action figures. I mean, you'd still have Shizor action figures. 
It's just there's no Guri action figures. The uh, the book definitely reads like the writer was on board with Shizor's nonsense. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, a lot of our interpretations of what Shizor was up to were extremely uncharitable. But then again, it's because he'd be doing stuff. I I feel like the author was kind of writing this dude as a cool, ultra-rich bad guy, and we were both kind of chafing under the stupid shit that ultra-rich people do constantly. He was like, I don't exercise. I lie down in an exercise bed. And we were like, you lazy fuck. No, that's, but the, but the that's book, a nerd's fantasy. Yeah. Because Shizor is just a nerd stand-in of Oh, well, I, I don't have to try, and I get all the women. I don't have to exercise, but I'm super strong, and I know kung fu that's better than your kung fu. And a robot breaks up with my girlfriend for me when I've had enough butt sex with her. Yeah, no, like, it is straight up just, this is a nerd power fantasy. Yeah, except that the book kind of feels like it's on board with it instead of making fun of him. You'd no, expect that's it, the thing. Is yeah. It is the author's nerd <laughs> fantasy. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, it's right. an interesting theory, though. We all know that Ryza is the fuck planet. What other single-purpose worlds are there? What single-purpose worlds should there be? <laughs> I mean, I want ice cream planet. I, I mean, mean, if you got a hoth, you may as well make that snow cone planet. One of the things we learn over the course of Deep Space Nine is that Ryza isn't fuck planet. It's just got a fuck resort on it. Yeah. Uh, there's actually a whole planet out there with like weird bad weather, and the weather's worse because they use machines to keep the, the weather on the fuck part of Ryza good. <laughs> Um, so it's, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. There's a whole problem with it. But, but if you set that part aside, just go with the TNG interpretation of Ryza, then yeah, what else do we need? Uh, would you like there to be a hamburger planet? <laughs> oh, how about if there's actually a planet Hollywood? You know what I would like? Mm-hmm. Pizza planet. Pizza planet. There's a whole planet. Is the planet made of pizza or is it just a planet where you go for pizza? Oh, it's where you go for pizza, but also it's made of pizza. But you don't eat it because people walk around on there and they shit on that pizza. You got to get the made pizza instead well, yeah, of the it's planet a, pizza. It's a cycle of pizza. You have to eat the pizza and shit the pizza so that new pizza can grow. Yeah. Everything the light touches <laughs> is pizza. Uh their ships are just pepperoni with warp drive stuck on the back. But what about that shadowy place? That is anchovies. You must never go there. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole sex there's a whole continent that's just the bad toppings and everyone it's, <laughs> it's just a bunch of pineapple and anchovies <laughs> swimming around a sea. Welcome to thick too thick of Hamatonia. <laughs> thick the Hamatonia. ham doesn't even cook in the time it takes to cook the pizza. Ooh, it's basically just fat. It's just cold <laughs> jellied ham. Uh, let's see. How far are we as far as time-wise? Can Uno I do mas. some more questions? One more? Uno mas. All right. Let's do... You know what? Let's end it on this. What's your favorite crossover? Hmm. So anytime two properties two got together. distinct properties. Yeah. Uh, here's the problem. This isn't, say, crossover, uh, like, TV show or movie or anything. So oh, no, I'm, it's just the favorite crossover. So I'm going to go with Marvel versus Capcom 2, the, the, one of the greatest video games ever made. That's fine. Yeah, that, that, that thing is fucking fun. As, and, and honestly, the whole franchise is astonishing from start to finish. It starts as a secret character. There's Mar- X-Men Children of the Atom was a straight-up fighting game by itself where there was an unlockable secret where you could put Akuma into the game, and that was it. Yeah. And then they were like, 
hey, wait a minute. What if we just made wait, a whole thing of this? Wait a minute. If we've got the rights to make fighting games with both of these, why don't we take all our toys and smash them together? Yeah. And then they uh, X-Men, children, uh, X-Men versus Street Fighter, then Marvel superheroes, then Marvel superheroes versus Street Fighter. Then finally we get to the culmination, the best one. Yes, there's also... Uh, then we get to the last one, the perfect one that they never made another game after, Marvel Cap 2. Marvel Capcom 2, the only good one, uh, the best one, rather, which is incredibly fun and very good, and you're right. No one ever made Marvel vs. Capcom 3, which is actually kind of passable or and okay. Infinite, Infinite is garbage. <laughs> uh, Infinite, or, uh, but 3 is alright, I guess. I mean, it, 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 no, it didn't isn't. age well. No, it's fine. It's got good characters in it, is the thing. Yeah, but it's not a good fighting game. It's alright as a fighting game. It's, it, it basically it pulls Anacarus and replaces him with MODOK. It pulls... Uh, Iceman replaces him with Super Scroll. It's fine. The characters are fine. Infinite is boring and slow and clunky and and, and didn't get the support it needed. Uh, But yeah, Marvel vs. Capcom 2 has like 54 playable characters. A lot of them are jokes. The tier list of the game is exceedingly bad, so there's only like 10 really good ones. Yeah. But ultimately, in in terms of a smash your toys together fun game, uh, like... If you're not a master of it and you're just having fun with friends, it was an experience. Oh, yeah. That was definitely a button masher. And even if you lost, you're like, I still jumped around and did things. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, the other answer, you could just go with the Smash Brothers, because fucking if Smash Brothers isn't one of the most fun games ever made, it's got a million characters from a million different things. Yeah. Uh, Mine is 1,000% Marvel versus DC and the the amalgam Amalgam comics. The amalgam comics are fantastic. Although... I kind of wonder if I if I go back and look at them now, is the art real shitty in 90s and I just forgot? No. I'm going to tell you right now, I still love... Because I own, I think, almost all of the first run Amalgam comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they did a second run, and I didn't own a lot of those, but those were the weirder ones. I only ever owned two trades collections of it. So I had the one where they were fighting each other and the one where they were merged together. Yeah, because there's... Uh, Marvel vs. DC was a five-issue series, Mm -hmm. Uh, and in between issue four and five, they put out the Amalgam Comics because in the storyline, the two universes merged. Okay. Uh, And so the ones that they have where it's like Super Soldier, so it's Captain America and Superman. Yeah, or Dark Claw. For Batman and uh, Wolverine. Yeah, I could do this all day. But Lobo the Duck. That was in the second series. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they finished off the first one, and those were mostly serious takes. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, as sort of an anniversary thing years later, they're like, we're going to put out a second series of Amalgam Comics just because we can. Mm-hmm. And you got shit like Lobo the Duck and Dark Claw the Animated Series. <laughs> it was so good. That's rad. Yeah, okay. Um, I, I'm I'm with you on that. I loved a lot of those characters and a lot of those, especially those fights, the the. The uh, what was it? Wolverine versus Lobo fight. The oh uh, yeah, Hulk versus Superman. N- Namor versus Aquaman was great. Oh yeah, where Namor's getting all he's like, I'm imperious because I have more super strength than you. I'm going to win. He's this. like, I'm just better than you. What yeah. do you even do? And then Aquaman has a whale jump on him. He's like, I don't need to kill you. I just need to incapacitate you. Suck it, nerd. <laughs> Same so, thing with uh, like Shazam versus Thor, mm-hmm. which was great. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then Batman versus Captain America, where they didn't fight because why would those two oh, guys they fight? fight? They fought for a minute, and then they were like, "No, we're actually we got oh, no. we got to work fought, together." And Batman won. Mm, fair, I could because they, they fought in a sewer. Yeah, they fought in a sewer, and then they were both like, "Wait a minute, hold on, you're not actually a bad guy, and neither are you." Let's, yeah, and then Batman was mystery. like, "Yeah, but we still have to fight." Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought they wouldn't solve the mystery together. It's been forever since I read them. No, uh, they get 
basically they match each other like blow for blow mm-hmm. and then a sewer line does the like water gush mm-hmm. and it ends up that like during that batman like comes out of the sewer holding captain america okay so he wins because cap got like knocked out by water essentially that's not the way i'd see that fight going but sure why not yeah, there's a lot of things where you're like, oh, I wouldn't see the fight going that way. Well, Wolverine versus Lobo was a big one, where Wolverine wins because he's just a way more popular. Because he's Wolverine. He's a way more popular character. But, yeah, but, but that's Wolverine, how they decided it, was but, yeah. a popularity vote. Yeah, exactly. But Lobo's a Superman villain. He would just pick up Wolverine and throw him into space. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, the I also really loved the Storm versus Wonder Woman fight where Wonder Woman shows up with Mjolnir and is like, hey, turns out I'm worthy. (laughs) And Storm's like, well, fuck me. And then Wonder Woman just goes, yeah, but I'm not going to fight you with this. Yeah. And drops it. I'm like, this is great. I love this. Have you seen the trailer for the new Wonder Woman? Yes, I have. It looks looks interesting. It's got the Kingdom Come armor in it. Yeah. Uh, Apparently they decided to drop the sword and the shield entirely. Meh. Uh, and also there's a scene at the end where she uses her lasso to swing from lightning, and I am super hyped for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. Uh, I okay. mean... I got I to gotta do the thing. Yep. So that's la- the end of the question. That is the end of our questions. There are a bunch we didn't get to, but I'm yeah. going to go ahead and be honest. Most of them were variations on How smashing you- together Star Trek and X-Men. Yes. Uh, ultimately, it is time for me it to It is discuss- time to reveal. So, let me just start by reading the back of the book, because that's how I do this. Yep. Hmm. When monstrous aliens attempt to seize control of Lando Calrissian's Outer Rim mining operation, Han... So far, that could be literally Yeah, anything. I was like, oh, well, that's uh, <laughs> everything? Is that the Yuzhan Vong again? Are you just doing that same book? This could be anywhere in the timeline. Han and Leia Solo come to his aid. But his mere threats escalate into violent sabotage. What began as corporate warfare becomes a battle with far higher stakes and deadlier consequences. Well, at least now we've narrowed it down to a timeline after the two are married. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rallying with Jedi Master Luke Skywalker, the Solos confront a dangerous adversary with a lethal ally and a lifelong vendetta against Han, who suddenly finds himself outgunned in the fight of his life. To save him and prevent galaxy-wide domination... Luke and Leia brave a gauntlet of treachery, terrorism, and the untold power of an enigmatic artifact capable of bending space, time, and even the Force itself into an apocalyptic nightmare. We're reading Star Wars 9-11. <laughs> I mean, honestly, none of that had any proper nouns in it beyond the three main characters from the movie, so it could have been literally anything. Yeah. Han, Leia, and Luke must fight bad guys in a big machine the bad guys have that does a bad thing. Okay. So what we're reading today, this is this is what actually makes this notable. Uh, this is Star Wars Crucible. Uh I always preferred more of a crucible. <laughs> yeah, it's Star Wars The Crucible. It's just The Crucible, but we've replaced all the Puritans with Star Wars characters. Let's see if you notice. <laughs> Let's see what happens. <laughs> uh, crucible is notable for one primary reason. It is the last book published that has Han Solo's dick out. <laughs> the first and last book with Han Solo's big floppy dick. Right on the cover. Right on the cover. No, it's the it's the last book in the uh, expanded universe before they had to switch the line to Legends. This is the book that was written. The end of the Legends. The end of the Legends. It's the last. Well, no, there's new Legends. Well, whatever. No, there isn't. Yeah. No, everything's canon after that. Yeah, everything's that. canon after this. This is the last Legends book. Yep. Uh, and it's set that way. The Han, Leia, and, and Luke are described as, as hanging out with Lando in this one. They're old. 
Yeah, they're like 60 at yeah, this point. This is, I mean, this book features uh, Han and Leia's kids being married. Like, to each other. To each other, yeah. yeah. It's fa- <laughs> it's a, it was a weird decision, and ultimately it's what led to them <laughs> shutting down the expanded universe. Yeah, that was that was the main issue. They were like, oh, no. Oh, what have you done? No. I mean, Jaina Solo got married to a TIE fighter uh, ace named Jagged Fell at one point in the in the EU. And I, think, I think that's going to show up somewhere throughout this book. Yeah, imagine Han having to be told that he's got a son-in-law named Jagged Fell. <laughs> I mean, looking at the front, they tried to age up the three of them. and They got it wrong in a lot of ways. Like, the the Harrison Ford one is mostly right mm-hmm. for how he looked around his John Grisham movie days. Yeah. Uh, but Carrie Fisher did not age noticeably. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I can see where you put some wrinkles here and some stuff there. But then you get to Carrie Fisher and it's like... Uh, we put one line on her brow and that's it. It's still her from like when she's 20 and I'm going, what the shit? <laughs> so, uh, this book, I-, I know things about this book that I'm not prepared to reveal to John at this time. And I know nothing about this book, but, but I'm prepared to reveal. That. I've never actually read it. I just know things from reading Wiki, uh, Wikipedia articles. Uh, th- th- speaking of articles that you've read, mm-hmm. if you go to patreon.com slash system mastery and support us at the $2 level, you'll find out that we read articles to each other about deep dive things that have to do with the book we're reading. Mm-hmm. Including today, even when we're done reading a book, we still make bonus content for you, the hard-working, hard-farting, hard-fucking listener. Fart hard, listeners. (laughs) Fart hard. Farty hard. When it's time to farty, you should always farty hard. (laughs) Well, that was a stupid joke. Yep. I wasn't even sure if we were doing a bonus content today. I thought we might be taking a Christmas break. But that sounds fine to me. I'm I'm prepared. I can go find someone. It doesn't take that long. No. I will find something and I will bring you a story. Hell yeah. I already know what I'm doing, so you know. Yeah, well, you I'll can dig around while you eat a Panera. I got a Panera to eat, so everything's gonna be fine. Great. All right, folks. Well, again, prepare yourselves for Star Wars Crucible in January. Uh thank you so much for listening and for your support, and we'll see you again real soon. Yeah, get another couple of weeks. We'll see you in the new year. And uh, I guess you have a good one. Yeah. I'm no longer the best I am at what I do. <laughs> Which is weird because I am Elan Sleesbagiano. And I'm the best there is at what I do, which is smoke death sticks. 